tell me when you realised that you had a problem with alcohol. I started to have an inkling that something was seriously wrong. Perhaps about a year before I went um, to my first um, AA meeting. Um, And because I was beginning to own up to the fact that I had a serious drinking problem and I'd had one for about, oh, what, um, 24 years um, at that point, I tried to do something about it. Um, But I found that I couldn't. I couldn't um, control it even though I had several um, controlled drinking experiments, but I failed them all. I tried to stop. I could always do that for a certain length of time, but I would inevitably start up again, and the drinking would be just like it was um, before. What sorts um, of issues did your drinking cause, Jeff? What, what prompted you to think, you know, I'd better try and stop drinking? Yeah, I I knew that uh, I was uh, there. There were aspects of my job that I wasn't doing very well. But the biggest impact was my family. Um, I'd already lost um, one family um, because of um, drinking. Alcohol uh, blew that um, completely apart. Um, and my second marriage, which fortunately I'm still in, um, was going um, the same way. Um, and in spite of uh, my drinking, my family has always meant um, a great um, deal um, to me. Um, and when I saw it seriously going seriously wrong for the second time, um, I, I knew that um, I was in serious trouble. So you tried different times to stop drinking. You you had prolonged spells where you didn't drink, but then you drank again. Yeah. What made the difference? What what was the you know, the the awakening, if you like. The awakening, yeah, it's a, that's a good way of putting it, actually, Gary, because I haven't thought of it that way before, but I suppose that is what um, happened. Um, towards the end of that um, year, um, I went on um, a month-long uh, bender. Um, and um, the next day, um, when I... Um, the first day off the uh, the booze, I, I experienced uh, a massive uh, withdrawal um, symptom. I remember distinctly, I, I was um, standing at the, the kitchen sink, uh, washing um, the dishes, and I was overcome um, by um, um, a feeling as though I wanted to smash the whole world up. And I picked up um, the, the bowl full of um, um, the dirty dishes and smashed it down uh, into the sink. And I turned around and uh, there was my wife um, standing behind me. I didn't know that she was there. Um, and I felt so contrite in that moment. And I said, I'm really sorry. sorry. I don't know what came over me. I don't know why I did that. And she said, I do. I'm an alcoholic. It's the first time we've ever discussed it. Um, and it was, it was that discussion that led me to go to um, to AA because I admitted for the very first time that there was an alcoholic. I said, well, what are we going to do about it then? Um, and um, we agreed that I would go to AA because I already knew about AA, you see, because of, of my work. Um, I, I've I worked in the mental health field um, for most of, uh, of my career. And I was involved in in other people's uh, recovery, so I knew what it was all about. 
But because of the denial, which is a big, big feature of, of alcoholism, I didn't think it applied to me. I can't be an alcoholic because of A or B or, or C. Um, but I sensed a, a powerlessness in that moment, and um, I agreed to uh, to go to uh, to AA. And um, I called the AA um, helpline, uh, which is available 24 hours a day. Um, and um, somebody came um, to my house um, and just simply sat down and told me all about um, their drinking. And I got so much identification from that. Um, and that guy took me um, to my first meeting. And um, that was when my recovery um, began. Talk to me. Jeff, about what it's like to walk into an AA meeting for the first time. I imagine it's a pretty big step. Yeah, it is. I mean, for me, um, it um, it was. Um, I was um, I, I was living, or probably about um, I don't know, about fifteen miles away from the nearest um, meeting, um, and. But the beauty of being 12-stepped, as we call it, in the way that I was, was that uh, this guy actually took me to um, my first meeting. He drove about a dozen miles to get to me and then drove about 15 miles to take me to the meeting and then took me back home again and then went back to his house. I don't think I would have done it, Gary, um, had he not um, taken me. I do not think that I would have had the courage um, to walk into a room full of strangers, uh, especially uh, knowing why I was there on my own. And so really, I, I really do thank God um, that uh, this guy um, came out to see me um, because, to put it bluntly, I might not be alive today. Can we talk about how long ago that is, Jeff? Um, that, um, oh my goodness, that was um, 42 years ago. I haven't been sober all of that time. Um, I did start to go um, to meetings, um, but uh, underneath it all, um, I um, did want to drink. That kept um, resurfacing from time to time. And after a while, I stopped going to um, to meetings, uh, which was an absurd, absurdly ridiculous thing to do um, I thought I could do it on my own, um, and um, three months later, I found myself with a drink in my hand, and I drank myself into a, a blackout, um, and some very unfortunate um, things happened during the course of this um, blackout. Um, I woke up um, the next morning um, crying my eyes out, um, begging my wife not to um, to leave me um, yet again. Um, but fortunately, I felt a, a powerlessness deep down within me that I never felt before, um, and I knew I had to go back to AA, and that was um, 41 years ago, and I haven't had a drink since. 41 years in recovery, that's incredible. I imagine, Jeff, that you've seen AA change in some ways over the years. I know the 12-step program itself is core, but how has the association kind of kept up with the times? That's a really good question. Uh, in one sense, it hasn't changed in the sense that it's still exactly the same message. 
it's still exactly the 12-step um, program. Uh, there is this belief um, that we need each other um, and upon a regular basis in order to stay um, sober. AA meetings, which have proliferated massively um, since um, I came in 42 uh, years ago, but they still take um, the same um, form as they always did of people sitting around a table sharing this, their experience, strength and hope. And, and all of the jobs we do in AA are rotational. But you asked how AA has kept up with the times. I mean, it has kept up with the times, hugely so. Uh, we, we carry the message to the professional community um, still, um, but now we, we have the electronic media um, to help us um, to do that. Um, during this uh, lockdown period, um, you know, the first one began in the middle of March. Just a week later, in, in, in the neck of woods where I live, um, we, we, we had um, um, Zoom meetings um, setting up. Um, and now there's a proliferation of, um, of Zoom meetings. And although I haven't been to a physical meeting um, since um, uh, March because of the venues um, having been closed, I'm still doing several AA meetings a week and I'm still meeting um, the people who I'd previously been see, uh, meeting for years upon a regular basis. And of course, um, there is now the internet. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we have an ever-growing uh, website. Um, we, we have a chat um, function. Um, and uh, we also have a, an online uh, respond, uh, responder um, service. So you've really harnessed the benefits of technology to help bring people together and, and to make help uh, discreetly available. Even people can just go on a website themselves and have a look because sometimes people aren't ready to confront their own problem, are they? And they think if they talk to somebody, it kind of commits them to doing something. Do you find that people have a look on the website because they're just curious, perhaps about their own drinking or perhaps, you know, a sons or a daughters or a spouses or whatever? I, I would think so. I mean, I remember during that, uh, you know, the, the, the year before I came to LA that um, I've um, just um, told you um, about, um, you know, I, I was, when I was thinking, am I really an alcoholic? Um, I had to go to um, to the library um to um um to get some books out to see um what alcoholism um what was about um but now of course because of the internet um you know you can ask as many questions as you like um and as i've mentioned um, aa in great britain and in most countries throughout the world quite frankly have got their own uh, website uh, and th there's always an area um where um, your questions, uh, th there's an answer most probably um, to your question. And as I said, now that we have a, um, a chat function, um, which works just like if, you, if you're going on a, um, the, the website of a company um, and you can chat with an operator, it works in exactly the same way. So a lot of people, yeah, they are kind of inquiring, am I really an alcoholic um, and want to talk to people? So they're able to do it completely anonymously that way. Or they can show up at a meeting at the moment with Zoom. They don't even need to switch their camera on. Most people do, um, but I've noticed that many people, when they come for the first time, keep their camera off 
um, so that they don't even need um, to worry about being uh, recognised. That's, that's lovely. <clears throat> well, I'm going to ask you now, Jeff. Um, you've chosen a song, haven't you? Yeah. I'm right, I yes, think I it's, the, it's The Sound of Silence, I think, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Right, so I'm going to ask you to kind of, I'm going to ask you why that song is special to you, so I'll phrase it something like. Um, <clears throat> you've chosen... Think, oh, sorry. Sorry. I'll, sorry. What were you going to say, mate? I, no, I interrupted you. You can't. Oh, that's all right. No problem. So I'm going to say something like, um, okay, so you've chosen a particular piece of music, Jeff, for us to play today. I wonder if you'd tell us about that and why you've chosen that piece in particular. Yeah. Um, the, the, the sound of silence. The reason why it means so much to me is because when I was drinking, I found it really, really difficult um, to live um, with myself. Never, ever felt comfortable um, in um, my own uh, body. Since I've been uh, in in recovery, um, I've learned to feel um, completely comfortable um, with with myself, comfortable in my own skin, as the the saying goes. I've also had insomnia, throughout most of my um, um, recovery. And I've actually come to to enjoy it very much because I feel absolutely and totally um, at peace with myself and and with the world um, during um, my um, periods of uh, wakefulness um, during um, the night. And I've come to realize that, you know, it, it, it is all silent. Um, it is all um, quiet out there. It's as though the world, or my neighbourhood certainly, is, is fast asleep. Um, and yet it has a certain um, sound. Um, it's the sound of silence, um, which I really, really like. And I'm able to take that um, feeling out with me um, in the daytime um, in all of my um, interactions um, with, um, with with people. And my head is silent most of the time um, because it never was. Yeah, I think that's just about it, Gary. Mm. Lovely. So we'll edit that in there. So I want to move on now to, you know, what it's like to be recovered and the fact that, you know, you, I suppose when you started for, well, in fact, let, let's start now. Let's Let's come back and let's say, Jeff, you've been in recovery for more than 40 years. That's a fantastic achievement. I guess when you started on day one, you wouldn't have been looking at 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You'd take it one day at a time. What does it feel like to have 40 years or more under your belt? I I suppose the most obvious thing is that I'm 40-odd years older um, than I was and my body isn't the same as it was um, 40-odd um, years ago. Uh, I recovered um, physically um, very, very quickly and started to exercise upon a, a regular basis. I kept that up for a long time, running, uh, walking, um, climbing um, in mountains and, and cycling. And I can't do that anymore apart from um, walk. Um, and I can't walk um, like I used to do, although. I walk well. 
Um, so I'm very, very conscious of that. I've, I've developed um, some medical uh, issues, which fortunately are very well um, controlled. You know, I, I receive very good um, medical um, care. Thank God for the NHS, even though it's terribly pressured um, at the moment for obvious reasons. But I feel grateful um, that I am still alive and in reasonable um, condition, um, because I know that um, had I carried on um, with the lifestyle um, that I was living, uh, I would probably um, have been dead um, 20 years ago. And it's as simple as that, really. That really is a stark comment, isn't it? That you wouldn't be here talking to me now and, you know, wouldn't have enjoyed your life. You know, it's incredible. I, mean, I know that I wouldn't because, I mean, my, my chest was in such a bad condition. Um, I, I used to have to give myself um, suppositories in the middle of the night in order to um, um, help me um, to breathe. Um, and, and, and my breathing uh, is still um, very, very good. It, it recovered very, very quickly. Um, and I have absolutely no breathlessness at all in spite of um, my medical medical condition. So that could only have got worse. And so, you know, mm. statistically, I, I know that I couldn't have lasted another um, anything more than another 20 years. Yeah. You're proof, Jeff, that people don't have to be in the clutches of alcohol, that there is another way for mm. people. Now, what would you say to someone listening to this who perhaps they wonder about the drinking or they think they're having one too many a little bit too often, or maybe it's become a habit, you know, the, the glass of wine and whatever it might be. What would you say to anybody listening who's curious about their own behaviour? I think the first thing is if they <clears throat> are worried about their drinking, then that is indicative um, of um, a problem with um, drinking. But I think you've got to become convinced of that um, yourself. Although I've said that um, my, fail, my control drinking um, experiments failed, for me, I had to... Um, try to control my drinking. I try to stop uh, my drinking, but I always started again. So it was in spite of um, uh, of having uh, these experiments um, that um, I came to the conclusion that I had got a serious problem. And so I, I would encourage the individual um, to try um, to control their drinking um, or, or even to stop. Um, and if they can't do it, um, and um, the, the, their situation is just simply simply getting worse, then help um, is um, available. Given that it's been a strange year, we're in a pandemic, and it's odd times that we're living through. But you know, notwithstanding that, are you happy, Jeff? What what is happiness to you? Yeah, is this is this peace? Um, I really do feel happy um, upon a day-to-day -day basis. I know that society is seriously, <clears throat> excuse me, affected um, at the moment. There are a lot of constraints and restrictions um, placed um, upon us. Um, but the very first thing um, that I learned in AA was this um, um, slogan that you've already mentioned, Gary, one day um, at a time. 
Um, and so I still see life um, as needing to be lived one day um, at a time. And although, you know, we've lost the freedom um, to roam, uh, and I know that people's businesses and therefore incomes are being um, affected, um, it is still possible to live um, within um, the day. Um, but that is possible um, because of the 12-step program um, that um, we practice in our daily lives and the continued contact uh, with other people. So, yes, I am happy. Um, you know, and there's no point in, in lamenting everything that's going on um, because that just kind of uh, makes my, my, my head worse. So I try to accept, you know, the limitations that have been placed upon me um, and my family. Uh, I just don't like not being able to have the access to my family, to be able to hug my family that I was able to do. Um, I but, think that's the um, thing that everybody's that, missing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That that, that contact is very, very uh, important. Um, I know that um, it will come um, again. So just got to be patient, really. We, there's another slogan, there's another AA slogan called This Too Shall Pass that has great meaning for me because everything does pass. Um, and although this bloody pandemic is uh, is dragging on, <laughs> nevertheless, eventually um, it will pass. It will, and you'll still be in recovery, and that's fantastic. Jeff. I really want to thank you for speaking to BBC Radio Lancashire, and thank you for giving your time up in uh, what, what we're doing here for Alcohol Awareness Month. <laughs> 